welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. is good. All right. So I could quote from the Huffington Post, but I might actually go to the Bible. Um, Yep. Yep. (laughs) Isaiah 28, 16. Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. I lay in Zion a stone, a stone. Like this is Jesus. He is the very foundation stone of our life. And this passage in Isaiah is quoted three times again in the New Testament that this stone is laid in Zion that's the foundation of our lives. And it's Jesus. It's kind of humble in a way, isn't it? A stone. He's just, he's a stone. But he is the very foundation of everything. He's the foundation of the Christian religion. And he's the foundation of this church at 101. I like the idea that he's like the foundation stone. And everything in one of the New Testament verses, he's like the cornerstone. Everything is connected to him and and hangs on him. And if it's not connected to him, if it's not based on him, it will fall. It will not last. So in this church, the foundation is Christ. On him, we build our lives, our dreams, our hopes, and our businesses, our families on, on Christ, on him. He is our foundation. He is this church's foundation. He is your family's foundation. If he's not, everything will be shaken. Everything won't work. But we look to him first. We look to what he says. And he is so precious. He's been tried and found perfect. He's so precious. He is a sure foundation. If you build your life on Jesus, you will not fail. Anything that you build on Jesus will not fail because it's all about him. It's for him. It's what he wants. It's his ways. And if you build your life, it says whoever believes will not will not act hastily. And again, the um, Paul and Peter translate that, they will not be ashamed. If you have faith in him, you will not be ashamed. You will not be disappointed. And also you will not be rushed. You'll not be hasty. You'll not be, oh, what are you going to do? You'll have calm and peace and you'll not be disappointed when we build our lives on him. So today we are, I am speaking about Jesus, our healer. Jesus, our healer. And I'm so excited that Jesus is our healer. I'm so excited that Jesus is my, my personal physician. He's my doctor. He's my physiotherapist. He's my chiropractor. He is the one that I base my entire physical well-being on because he is the foundation. And let me encourage you to have that attitude because we tend in the West to build our physical well-being on the concept of science. We tend to worship science a little. We tend to say, well, the doctors say this. Right, what does the Bible say? Oh, I don't know, I don't have a scripture. You know, science has discovered this about our bodies. And, and sometimes science is right and sometimes the doctors is right. And we certainly use our doctors. 
But Jesus is the foundation. And if the medical profession builds on that foundation, whether they know it or not, if they build on truth, what they say will stand and will work. But if they don't build on truth, it will not stand and it will not work. So we go to the first principles. Always go to Jesus before you go to the doctors. Always look at what he says before you agree with what the doctors say. And if the doctors and the Word of God disagree, we go with the Word of God. Okay? Always. Always. Because he's the foundation. That's what we build our life on. I've always known on that. I went to a physio the other day and I, <laughs> bless his heart, I just, I just about, I did rebuke him actually. He said, because I had a bit of an injury from hockey and he said, he said something which I'm not going to repeat to you. He said, oh, well, you know, and I said, no, don't, don't say that, please. Don't say that. And he was like, whoa. I said, my body is designed to heal. My body heals. My body will heal very well. It'll be fine. It'll heal up and I'll be fine. And he was like, okay. He didn't know what to say after that. He was like, okay. I said, good, good. We agreed on that. And he went, yes. (laughs) He was like, (laughs) he didn't quite know what to say. I won't have anyone tell me that my body doesn't heal. This body is designed to heal. You cut this body, you know what's going to happen? It's going to sew itself back up together again with or without the physio. This is a very good body. It was designed by God and it's designed to heal. Don't let anyone tell you, especially once you get over 40, that something's not going to heal. What's what's that all about? Why is it not going to heal? Who says? If they tell you it's not going to heal, you start to believe it's not going to heal. And then you tell your little brain, we're not going to heal there. And your brain goes, oh, fine, okay, I won't send any healing messages through. It actually works. And and interestingly, some of the best scientists are starting to discover this. You start reading the books about the brain, the power of the brain, the power of neuroplasticity, all this – Your body will do amazing things if you tell it to. And that's without the power of God. So we don't don't do that. I had another physio who told me once I wouldn't be healed of a particular ailment. And I rejected that. He said, no, that that won't heal. And I just rejected it. And I said, no, I I reject that. I didn't say that to him because I was being nicer. Because it might have been a relative. Might have been a a physio that we're related to. So I didn't say that. But I just remember thinking, no. I get off the phone and go, no. I don't talk to him about these things anymore. And sure enough... That thing healed. He told me it wouldn't, and it did. It's 100%, 100% gone, healed, fine. So let Jesus be your foundation. And if they say something to you that you don't like or that doesn't agree with the word of God, like I am the Lord who heals you, I heal you, didn't say when you're under 40 or so long as it wasn't a really serious accident or so long as you, you didn't sort of, you ate right and did this right and everything right. Or I'll heal you, you know, if, you, if you're a nice person. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say that. I mean, you know, there's things we've got to seek God about. But he said that I'll heal you. So always know that he is our foundation. and Base everything on what he says first. Okay? I remember when I was young, I, um, I remember going to my biology class and they were teaching us as they do, you know, all about evolution and stuff, which I didn't, I didn't think to disagree with. I didn't know. I just sat there and they told us. Um, but I do remember them saying that they created this, they told us about vestigial organs. A vestigial organ is a part of the body that is no longer necessary because it was once used by the fish, which is where I came from, or the monkeys or whatever, and they needed it, but I don't. But I've still got it in my body. It's basically a useless piece of my body. That's, that's, and it's an evidence of evolution. That's what they actually sat there and taught us. And I remember sitting there and going, well, that's wrong. I just remember, I can just clearly remember going, well, that's wrong. God designed this body of mine. God created my body. He didn't just stick bits in there that don't do anything, that, that are kind of to remind me that I may or may not have come from a monkey. What a load of 
what? That, that's just a load of rubbish. Even as a 15-year-old, I could tell that. So I just went, well, that's just wrong. I just always remember that's wrong. And sure enough, you look up appendix now, they're starting to find out that it actually has a purpose. They don't know about it and you can live without it, like you can live without a finger, but, you know, they're still useful. And so, you know, you, they found out that it has to do with the health of your immune system and your gut and it, and, it, and it does things, which of course it does because God designed this body beautifully and it works. So when we base our belief on the foundation of the Word of God, we're wiser than our teachers. Not because we're older than them or have studied more, but because we base it on what the Bible says. And we can look at things and go, that's not right, that's not true, because that's not what the Word says. So Jesus is our healer. And let's see what Jesus had to say about healing. Let's see what Jesus had to say about the Word of God on healing. Jesus was the Word of God. But let's have a look at this. Praise the Lord. Jesus was very into healing. don't know if you've noticed this, but he did a lot of healing. He was very, very into getting people healed. Listen how into it he was. I love this. The Gospels contain more than 70 accounts of the healing ministry of Christ. 500 verses. That's equal to an average of 14 chapters in the Bible are devoted to his healing ministry. Far more space than accorded to any other subject. There are more than 15 accounts of the Lord healing great crowds, literally thousands of people. There are at least 30 individual miracles of healings. There are at least seven cases of demons cast out, six cases where the patient asked for healing, three where they were healed from a distance, 11 where they were brought by a friend, one, only one was a gradual cure. There are references to the multiples healed. There are references to all these people healed. Healing was an enormous part of Jesus' ministry. He, he basically hung out with the disciples, taught and healed. So clearly it's a very, very important thing. John 21, 25 says there, was, there were many other signs that the world could not contain all the books if, they were, if it was written about them. And they didn't have so many books in those days. But this is all of this is in three years of ministry. There's just, it's just an enormous amount of ministry to be doing and to be focusing in those three years so much on physical healing. So clearly, this is an important subject. He's, it's not the only subject, but clearly it matters to him. And clearly, he's very, very interested in this body of the individuals. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.13, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He, our body is important to him and he shows that he wants to look after our bodies. And it's, I mean, you know, he, he himself describes a lot of reasons why he wants to heal. Yes, it brings glory to God. It shows that God is powerful. I mean, he can, God, God created this body with his word. So it's very easy for him to just change it with a touch or a word. That's not hard for him to get rid of any issue Obviously, he wanted us to understand that, that he has power over our physical body and any body, like any, any physical, anything physical in this world. He is more powerful than whether it's a storm or a tree or, or a physical body. So he shows us his power. He shows us his glory. He, he shows us, I think, more than anything, just his compassion. He loves us. And when you're sick, even if it's a minor thing, it's 
really annoying. It's just an annoying part of life. And if you're in pain, it's awful. It's, it, you know, you, you try to be really spiritual and really godly, but you, you think about pain when you're in pain. And if it's a serious illness, it, it's just huge. It takes so much energy and time and, 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 and focus, and it's a, it's a very big deal to be sick. And Jesus had compassion on that, and so he healed he just healed people. He wanted to heal. He wanted to, you know, they were there. They needed him. He healed. There's so many things he could have done. He could have spent, he could have built some amazing buildings. He could have got the disciples together and said, we're going to build this awesome building. We're going to build a big temple. We're going to call it a church. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to get Michelangelo to paint on it, which is fine. I haven't got a problem with that. I, I you know, I, I love Michelangelo's paintings and I love that we have buildings. It's nice to meet him. But, you know, Jesus didn't do that. He focused more on his healing ministry. He left that to, to us, to future generations. He could have had an, a huge ministry to the poor. I mean, there were a lot of poor people around. He could have said, oh, we're going we're gonna to do a big fundraiser. We, you know, this is, it could have been his main thing. We're going to do fundraising. I want you to get all the guys together we're gonna, and we're going to have a you know, distribution centre. We're going to do a big food thing. We're going to do all that. I mean, you know, of course, when Jesus wants to feed the poor, he just creates the food. So I guess he doesn't need to do that. But you know what I'm saying? There, there are really other areas he could have focused on that would have been very legitimate and perhaps to some people more comfortable. If he'd spent more time looking after the poor or, he, or being more political and really engaging with the Romans and saying, we're going to get a delegation together, you know, we're going to get to Rome, we're going to discuss freedom for the Jews, you know, we, this is not good, you know, we're going to get political about this, write up it up in the Huffington Post, you know, like, what's going on in Jerusalem, you know. I mean, there's so many things he could have done. But he spent a lot of time healing and he obviously taught about the kingdom of heaven. And this was a huge part of what he wanted to do to show us his nature. So I want to just go straight into the word and look at Matthew 8. And just, just right there, that whole passage, we just see Jesus in, in full, full healing mode. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. Jesus, it says, he came down from the mountain and great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said, don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer a gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You had to, leprosy was considered a curse, so you notice he didn't say go to the, to the doctors, and they did have doctors, but to the priests because there was some kind of curse on him and the priests were the ones that would declare you clean so that you could now be touched. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful passage because, of course, it was illegal in Deuteronomy. It was against the law to touch a leper for obvious reasons. You know, you go, if we're all around touching them, then the leprosy will spread. It was contagious. But Jesus works from a higher law. He disobeys the law to touch the leper because in Jesus' case, his anointing, his power changes the leper. In everybody else's case, if they're sick, the sickness goes this way. But Jesus, of course, is more powerful than the, the leprosy and he also comes to fulfil the law. So 
while the law was, was there for us to obey and to not touch and to be careful, the law of Jesus, where we reach out and touch, is more powerful. And in that touch, he kind of didn't disobey the law because the minute he touched him, he was cleansed anyway. So, you know, it's beautiful that Jesus did that. But that question is so important to us. You know, a guy with leprosy, it's a, it was tough. I mean, they're, they're excluded from society. They're excluded from, they had to move, you know. It's like, if any of you were in this time, it'd be, you leave the Central Coast, you go out and live out in the back of the desert somewhere in Australia, and there's a little, little gang of you, a little community of lepers. You, you don't see your family anymore. It's, it was a tough. So, and they, they had a sense that they were cursed, that it was because of sin. It was, it was something. And so he, he's humbled and, and broken and he doesn't know if God wants him to be healed. It's like, I, I don't, you know, the, the, we don't know much about his past, but he's like, I don't, I don't know if God wants me to be healed. Maybe I kind of deserve this. I don't know. So his question is, what does God want? What do you want, Jesus? Do you want me to be healed? Because I know you can heal me. We all know God can do anything. But will he? Do you want to? That's the question, isn't it? And Jesus answered this question forever. He answered it for every one of us. I am willing. I want to. I want you to be well. I want you healed. He's answered the question, I want you healed. Such a beautiful answer. He didn't sort of say, well, have you repented from your sin? Have you dealt with everything? Have you done this? Have you done that? And I, look, healing is a journey. I know that and I walk with people through that journey and sometimes we do have to deal with some issues in our life. There are things that are out of order and sometimes we have to deal with them. But if you're willing to deal with things, if you're willing to go the journey, the result is healing. That's where he wants us to be. And some people's journey, I know, it's a five minute, you know, I got rid of that fever and someone touched me and other people's journey is very long. And don't ask me why, God knows. But I know this, he loves you and if he takes you through a journey, it's a good journey for you, all right? It's a good journey for you. So I don't know why some people's journey is longer and harder in this particular area than others. All I know is we all have a different journey. He loves you. He's chosen the right one for you. But the end result of that journey is healing. Just as the end result of our struggles with our personality is perfection. We don't sort of say, well, I'm never going to be a good person, so I'm just going to stop trying. I'll just, I'm just going to settle with these sins. You're all right with that, aren't you, Lord? It's like, no, no, I'm, ne- I'm never going to give up. I'm, I'm going to keep working toward perfection and, and my aim is, is unattainable and yet I go so much further than I would have expected. Who would have thought that you could go so far only to see another mountain in front of you? It's like, oh, wow, okay. So we keep going. It's exciting. It's the same with healing. We never settle for anything but 100% physical perfection, even as we get older. Amen. You've got to be very firm about this because if you're not, you won't get it. So he said, I am willing, be healed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So know that I want to. Even willing sounds a little bit spiritual, I'm willing. Sometimes we kind of lose. I want to. How about that? Do you want me healed? Yes, I want you. I want you to be healed. That is what God's will is what God wants. That's what I want. So we've got to have faith in what God wants for us and be sure of that. Not just what he can do, but what he wants, what he's yearning to do for us. 
that's what that, that, that's just beautiful here. And then another guy comes along. I mean, Jesus is so cool. Just from a pastor's point of view, the guy's been up on a mountain preaching to thousands, busy working. You know, this is when you sort of race off and go, oh, it's, that's, you know, he's tired. He comes down and he goes, oh, I need this, I need this. He's like, all right, all right. It's just, he just keep, he keeps giving and giving, keeps pouring out of him. He's so beautiful, so kind. So then we have the centurion servant. He comes to... Capernaum and the centurion says Lord my servant is at home paralyzed he's dreadfully tormented and Jesus says I will come and heal him the centurion answered said Lord I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof but just speak the word and my servant will be healed I'm a man under authority I have soldiers under me if I say to this one go he goes (laughs) you bet he does and another one come he comes and if I say to my servant do this he does it Jesus heard it he marveled and said to those who followed him, I haven't found faith as big as this even in Israel. And then he randomly starts to talk about hell. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So then Jesus said, go your way and as you have, done, as you have believed, so it will be done for you. So this is another interesting one. The Roman has faith. He knows that God is powerful. He knows what God wants to do, but he doesn't have a sense of worthiness. He doesn't have a sense of, of um, that, that he deserves to, perhaps because he's a Roman. I mean, the Romans weren't exactly popular with the Jews. You know, they were their invaders. <laughs> they were their persecutors. And I don't know, who knows what he'd had to do in his role as a centurion. You know, it's possible he had had to be unkind to Jews and, and, and put them in prison or whatever he had to do. So he knew that he had kind of the wrong job. He knew that he was an enemy to the Jews, quite likely. He potentially had the wrong religion. I mean, obviously he believes in Jesus, but you know, we don't know how far out of his own religion he had come. They had pagan gods, the Romans. So he, he had a sense that things weren't entirely in order in his life, but he had faith in Jesus. And he had faith that just as Jesus can command a servant to go, and like I said, in those days, you know, there was, there was no trade unions. It was, there was no, you know, it was not like, I'm not happy with this. There's no whistleblowers. It was like, if you didn't obey the local Roman, they just strung you up. I mean, you know, you're dead. They, they literally killed you if you disobeyed. So he knew that people were very obedient. But isn't it interesting? He understood such authority from Jesus. He knew that Jesus doesn't need to go somewhere for it to happen just as Jesus just as he says go and this guy goes Jesus can speak to a disease that's miles away and say go and the disease goes so good like he just understood faith completely and this is a good faith for us to have Jesus isn't here right now but his word is and if his word says disease go it goes in the very same way he understands the power of the word and he understands that diseases are like servants they're not the the disease isn't our boss that it's not never use the term my oh I hate that he'll say my asthma I go I'm sorry is it yours you want it no why do you call it yours This asthma that's attacking me, which is under authority and is like a servant, which I'm going to tell to go by the name of Jesus. Don't claim it. And don't don't think that this is something, this is part of your world now, this disease. It's like I've got to sort of do what this disease tells me to do. You do what you we do what God tells you to do. 
You obey God. Don't, don't come under the authority of this thing, this thing that Jesus just says, go and it goes. Why would you come under the authority of that disease? Why would you, why would you Google it and spend time, oh, this is what's going to happen next? You know, this is what happens to people in the, in the world or people who don't understand this. They, this is the next, this is the progression. These are the results. This is the prognosis. Who says? Who, well, who says? The, the internet? People who don't know about the power of Jesus to just say, go. Come on, guys. Like, let's have faith in the Word of God. Let's, and, and Jesus responded to that. Jesus didn't say to him, you're right. <clears throat> Sorry, mate. But I'm here to minister to the Jews. And let's face it, you are not a Jew. He didn't say that. He didn't say, uh, what about that guy that you arrested? You were part of that thing. I don't think that was very fair, was it? You know, he, he didn't. He just said, you've got faith. And he responded to that faith. And our faith makes a difference. Let me encourage you with this. Faith is not hard. All you've got to do with faith is sit there and go, it's a switch. I believe. I, no, I don't. Just a, it's a switch. It's so simple. If I say to you, Jesus wants you healed, you've got a switch. And you, even if your feelings are being, oh, I don't know, just go, I believe. Your will is stronger than your emotions. Your emotions might be scared like, I don't know if I believe. But your will is strong. Go, I believe. Your emotions will come into line with your will. Your will decides to believe. That's faith. Faith is simply a decision to believe the word of God. It's not complicated. And God responds to faith. Okay? Now, there's this fabulous woman called Lillian Yeomans who um, back in the early part of the 20th century was very, very sick. She was a doctor. She got very sick and she got addicted to morphine and painkillers and she was very, very ill. And she was marvellously and magnificently healed by the Lord. She was, she was released from all the sickness. She, she, they, people said she was a skeleton walking. She was terribly sick. Her body had completely fallen apart. She was dying and she tried everything to get rid of this addiction and, and then to be healed and she just couldn't. And she says, she speaks about her journey of faith and, and she says, people say to me, did you pray? Yes, I came to the place where I did nothing else. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. But I wasn't healed because I didn't believe. And that's, that's really important, isn't it? Just some people, I, I wonder some people, they say, oh yeah, I prayed, I prayed a lot, I prayed about it. And I'm like, well then what's going on? So it's not just praying, it's believing. If faith and patience inherit the promise. So yes, we pray and we seek God, but you've got to switch on the believing and you've got to switch on listening. Some people pray, go, 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 okay, bye. It's like, wait a minute, what, what, what's God saying? Wait on the Lord. Wait and he will strengthen your heart. Listen to what he says. And faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So you've you got to wait on him and get into that place of faith. What does the word say? Do I believe it? Sometimes like I'm struggling to believe it. So wait on him. Wait on the word. Get in there and get that faith. It's not just prayer. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all like a journey. It's all of this. And she did get healed because she realised she needed to get into the word of God. She needed to understand that the power of his word was what commands the sickness to go. Not the power of her crying out to God. That's good. God responds to our cries. But we need to mix that with faith. Faith is important. That's what we see here. And he mentions hell, I think, because he wants us to see that there are people who think they're fine with God and think they pray and they think they're good, but sometimes they're not in the right place. So 
Let's make sure we are. I mean, that's kind of serious. I'm not really preaching about that. but So a couple more. I, I, I want to um, have time at the end because we're going to pray for people. But just look here. He came to Jesus, to Peter's house. He saw his mother-in-law was sick. He touched her hand and, and the fever left her. Jesus responds to community. See all these healings, bang, 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 bang. Every one of them teaches us something. We don't even know Peter's mother-in-law's name. We know that Peter was married, so that might be news to a few people. But um, she was sick, but she was with Peter. So she And Jesus went, oh, I'll heal her. She was part of the community. This is a great place to be if you're sick. We don't know her name. We don't know if she had faith or not. She was with Peter. Be in church. Be part of a community. Don't try and do it alone. Do it together. If you're feeling weak or you're not feeling like you've got the strength, we'll help. That's, that, that's what we're here for. So that's an important part of, of just being together, being, being with other people. And just finally, it says, When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. He healed them all. He just healed them all so that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our weaknesses and removed or carried our sicknesses. Praise the Lord. So we get to the end, you say, oh, I'll just heal them all. I mean, who knows? That's just wonderful. I would like that to happen here today. He just heals them all. You're all here. He's turn on that switch of faith. I just want you all to be healed. We're going to take communion right now. So if you just prepare that. Jesus' will is to heal. Jesus' will is to heal. He wants to heal you. He fulfilled that prophecy in Isaiah by actually healing individuals in that, in that, at that time, in that place. But his will is for us to be healed through all the centuries. It didn't stop in, in early Palestine, in Israel at that time. The healing was permanent and he, we know that because then it says he bore our infirmities on the cross. His healing wasn't just because he was there and because he prayed or he spoke. He won healing permanently for us on the cross. He literally, just imagine your sickness, your pain, your issue on him, on the cross. Imagine that. He took it on the cross. What happened on the cross is so immense I don't think we'll ever completely understand it, but he took our sins on the cross, he worked forgiveness for us, and he took our sickness on the cross as well because he fixed everything on the cross. In himself, in his person, he did so much, but his final and complete work was on the cross. He took our infirmities, that word means weaknesses, he carried our sicknesses on the cross. I want everyone here... If you have a bodily weakness, a part of your body that's not strong, part of your body that's not working well, maybe even a part of your, uh, you know, your mind, you, maybe you know, you're struggling with, with depression or ADHD or, or something like that, he solved those problems. Let's, as we take communion, see him healing, see him solving that problem on the cross. Let's see him speaking the word to those issues in your mind, 
maybe issues in your emotions, issues in your arms, your legs, your feet, your skin, your heart, in, in internal organs, your cells, your eyes. He made every part of your body. It's a temple and it's important. And I know his will, his desire for you today is to be healed. Just wait on him for a minute. Let's just see that. Father, he healed them all. He healed them all. Is this still happening? Is it happening today? Does it happen in this church? I opened up on my computer a couple of pages of our praise reports over the last few years. Not all of them, just some of them. Let me read this list to you. And as I'm reading this list, I want you to just take communion when you're ready. But let me just read some of our healings. We've seen endometriosis disappeared. Baby's born, extreme headaches gone, knees instantly healed, reattached hands healed of massive nervous pain, lumps have disappeared, cancer diagnoses have been changed, kidney stones have disappeared, polycystic ovarian syndrome was gone, baby's born, a child was woken out of a coma, nerve damage from cancer was healed by the hand of God, People were nearly dying in hospital, have been healed and come back to church again. Antidepressant free after years of depression, morphine free after years of debilitating back pain, healed of a skull fracture, a baby born after long periods of infertility, lactose intolerance healed, blood pressures have lowered, ulcers disappeared, stinging gone after bites, chronic fatigue healed, sports injuries, knees, legs, shoulders healed and baby raised from the dead. So that's just in the last few years. That's pretty good, isn't it? Come on, let's take and eat together and, and let's just see your, your issue on this list. A praise report. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you so much, Lord God. Take and eat and we remember that you bore our infirmities, you carried our sicknesses and by your stripes we are healed. We have been healed. Father God, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.